0: choo uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: Midsummer Maniacs.
0: Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into an episode of the show including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we
1: love. You're Sarah. I am. And you're Mark. Yes. Right? Absolutely. You are, right? Yes, I am Mark. Cool. Okay. Good. I got one thing right this week. I'm feeling a bit... Traumatized by the research for this week. I just want everybody to know, I do this for you. I take the hit. This is a very strange episode. <laughs> you watch A Rare Bird, season 14, episode 8, which is what we're gonna to talk to talk about today. You watch it and you think, well, That's not a kooky episode. Like it's not like night of the stag or something. No. But it, it's kooky town. Then you isolate a couple of the topics and go into them, and all of a sudden you're on weird pages on the internet you wish you'd never found
0: just a warning off the top of the show if you let your kids watch this show they can listen to the podcast and make all the bird related metaphors they want yes wow like did the the writer go back on the second edit and put all the bird puns and bird metaphors in (laughs) everywhere in this
1: episode Ooh, but big news We left the house.
0: Yes, we did. We
1: left the state.
0: We went away. Oh my gosh. We were at a wedding last week. Yeah, in Detroit. Which is uh, appropriate because we usually record just a few days before the episode's released, but we recorded early because of our guests, the ladies from Lovejoy, Actually.
1: Who I always want to call Lovecraft, Actually. Yes,
0: that's a whole different podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be a very different show.
0: That's the rom-com podcast about elder gods.
1: Yes. (laughs) But it was so weird to travel because, you know, we're vaccinated and and, uh, what is it, about 45% of the country is now vaccinated. And so a lot of places have lifted mask requirements for vaccinated people. But I kept wanting to put one on when we stopped for gas and stuff because I don't want to be that person who won't wear one. I just, I, I wanted to just tell Perfect Strangers, I'm vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, Yeah. I'm vaccinated, I'm not a jerk, I'm vaccinated.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not there yet, but there were moments of normality.
1: <laughs> Which were kind of weird. Yeah. Because it's been so long. It was. So I hope that many of you are getting glimpses of normality. It was, I had not seen my family in two years, oh. and that was really good.
0: Looks like uh, Canada may open up in late July or early August, so... You may get to see th- your family, th- if too. If that's the case, we're, we'll go on a hiatus for a couple of weeks and I'll go to Canada.
1: See them in ways other than via Zoom calls up people's noses. Yes. <laughs> so on the topic of feeling good. Yes. we We get emails and messages from quite a few of you every week. Yep. And people who've newly found the podcast And most of them are Oh my gosh, I love this show And none of my friends like this show So it's no, so nice to, you know, finally find Some people who like what I like
0: You guys are so funny And Sarah is so gorgeous
1: <laughs> Oh Yeah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> One person said they like my hair Thank you very much But They,
0: every... all, they said something about your sultry voice too, remember
1: Oh, that's right you... Yes, I'm my sultry voice But every once in a while, we get a message from somebody who says, basically, I'm having a hard time in some way, or it's been a hard time for me, and the podcast has been helpful to me in some way. And those mean so much.
0: And I I just want to say, I don't care how many downloads we get. I don't care how many likes or subscribes or anything we get on YouTube. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and ring the bell on YouTube. Um,
1: But not for money or anything like that. Yeah, not for
0: money or anything like (laughs) that. No. Those emails are why we do this. Yeah. Because we have created community, and that is so far more important to me.
1: And some of you have been through some really hard things in the last year that, hey, if a silly podcast about a silly show gives you an hour of smiles, that's a reason to do it. We make... I'm glad that we can help. Our silly little nun jokes make you laugh. That's fantastic. <laughs> it was so funny when we contacted the Lovejoy Actually ladies and said, okay, here's some upcoming episodes that we're going to be doing. Would you prefer to join us for, you know, one of these over another? Who was it? Paul was like, nuns, 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 yes. nuns. <laughs> She's she so was excited to do excited the nuns episode. Nuns. <laughs> we had so much fun with them and so much fun with the lore men. And if you if you want to recommend anybody else who you think we should try to get on the show, yep. uh, Mark is so brave. He's like, all they can do is say no. I'll contact him.
0: Uh, I got some ideas. Yeah. We're, we're going to take a little break from guests because guests add craziness. Yes, but... But we, we, I, I'm going to try to set up some guests for later in the summer.
1: Mm-hmm. And speaking of later in the summer, if you have ideas for swag... Related to the John Barnaby seasons. Yes. Send them to us. We've got some really fun ones so far, but new ones are coming in all the time. And uh, at some point in the near future, when we've got lots of good ideas, we will send out a whole bunch of Midsummer Maniacs cookie cutters to folks who have sent us ideas. So keep them coming.
0: Yeah. Uh, people like Sykes the dog. Sykes the prude dog, as we'll learn in this episode. <laughs> but.
1: Oh, and speaking of subscribe, ring the bell, whatever. Mark continues to put stuff on on YouTube. So. Yes,
0: there is exclusive material on YouTube. If exclusive. you're not watching us on YouTube, you you well, first of all you don't see how amazingly gorgeous Sarah is. Oh, and, shut up! And our weird setups. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, we have actual video of us recording the podcast and stuff.
1: <laughs> so many people said well, you don't look anything like I expected you to look like. Oh, and, and then we are like, well, "Well, what did you think we would look like?" And then radio crickets. Nothing. <laughs> I guess not a couple of middle-aged people from Indiana, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I do the same thing. I like I listen to a lot of books and in my head I know exactly what every character looks like and and then I listen to it again and it, they actually describe them. I'm like, "Wait a minute." Did I just ignore that last time? Because that's not what that person looks like to me. People know, on
0: podcasts, for me, always look so much younger. Like the guys who, that Scottish paranormal guys, my paranormal this par- life.
1: This paranormal life. Yeah, yeah,
0: they look about 12 to me. Well, they
1: are. <laughs> that's true. They're very young. They're yeah. like 25 or something. But it was wonderful to see your family, and on to the episode. Are you ready season, for a rare bird?
0: Season 14, episode 8, Rare Bird. This is the last... First season of Barnaby.
1: This is the last episode of the first John Barnaby season. Yep. Is that what you meant? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Filmed July,
0: August, 2011. Broadcast date 11 January 2012. 6.38 million views. Directed by Nick Laughlin and written by Stephen Tafford.
1: Maybe I do rest of podcast in fake Russian accent.
0: Well, you just drop articles.
1: Yeah, I have car. I I drive car. car.
0: But you have to put a bird pun in there. (laughs) I have bird in hand. (laughs)
1: Lol. (laughs) (laughs) This is just another example of why if you are in midsummer and you have some kind of hobby, you do it alone. Yep. Don't join a club or a group. Do it all by yourself and you can stay alive.
0: We're in the village of Midsummer in the marsh. For the first time. Which is a weird village, to say the least, for a number of reasons. The number one tape recording capital of the world.
1: And apparently there's a Lord Midsummer in history oh, somewhere we, we that we've never get, heard of before.
0: We will get to Lord Midsummer and the episode we're missing and who should be
1: playing Lord Midsummer. That's a spinoff. Yep. Waiting to happen. He's a murderous lord.
0: <laughs> Did you notice how pink Nina's house is? Mm hmm. It's very pink. It's pinkety pink pink.
1: So, Nina Morgan and her husband, Patrick, Lord of the Manor,
0: but not Lord Midsummer.
1: No, but wealthy enough that he retired at 41.
0: He seems a little old to be doing the dad shit.
1: When you marry a woman 20 years younger than you, that's true. That can happen.
0: Different than a lot of episodes. And Nina is not a woman that I find attractive, but she is far more regularly attractive than women who are perceived as attractive in Midsummer is.
1: She doesn't have short red hair. Yes. Like most attractive women in Midsummer, yes. apparently. But she she is Russian.
0: She is Russian.
1: So she's Russian beauty.
0: I have a pregnant.
1: <laughs> Her accent really isn't bad. It's it's subtle. Uh, it doesn't annoy me. She certainly did ballet. Oh, yeah, she's very graceful. Yes. I think the on-point shots showing just the toes are not her feet. No, I don't think so. And some of the stage flashbacks that are kind of at a distance doing more complicated be- she, be- she ballet moves are not her. She knows how to do turn. But she's had some training, yep. for sure. She tells Patrick she's pregnant, and he's pissed off. He loses his mind. I'm going to kill you.
0: You know, that's for the birds.
1: And then <laughs> says the reason... Because I had a vasectomy fifteen years ago, and haven't told you then she should have said, "I'm going to kill you I'm just
0: gonna I'm just gonna say this off the top that this entire episode is about toxic masculinity, and every masculine person in it is toxic,
1: except Tim. except Tim. Tim's a, Tim. a nerd, but he's a nice guy.
0: Yes, yeah, he's good dad. Tim he's is a very a good, good dad. dad.
1: But what Patrick does, and letting Nina think that she's, that they are both trying to have a baby for 10 years and not being successful and does not mention to her that he's a va- had a vasectomy is maybe one of the cruelest things I've seen on Midsummer. Like, how could you do that? How could you... That's all you need to know about him to know he's a bad person. Like,
0: he doesn't go, he doesn't sleep at night because he's up birding because... He couldn't sleep at night. I don't think he slept at night for 10 years being that way.
1: If he has any kind of conscience. No. Uh, Absolutely. But we know he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Which is why he dies. Who is the He's worst? He's also a chicken plucking so-and-so. Who is the worst?
0: Worst singer in all of Midsummer, Dave Foxley. <laughs> the humming he does is so arrhythmical and atonal. It's not funny.
1: It's hard to hum while you shadow box all the time. It's like, it's like,
0: like, there's not a
1: song.
0: <laughs> there's nothing. Like, obviously, they said you should be humming or singing something, and he had no idea what to sing.
1: No. He works for George Napier. He's the one who says that uh, Patrick Morgan is a chicken-plucking-so-and-so. I love that. I'm going to use that. (laughs) You chicken-plucking-so-and-so. And And in
0: the beginning of the weird shots in this episode, there's a dissolve over wood emptying. Yes. Now, usually dissolves are shown in montages to show the passage of time. Yeah. It is completely (laughs) unneeded
1: There's a lot of weird shots in this episode and and we'll get to more of them, uh, but it's, it's as if they set out to just be a little bit more artistic in this episode with their edits and their, um, shot planning, their zooming and stuff, or maybe they got some new toys and they were trying them out. I don't know. Maybe Dave Foxley's
0: toxic masculinity is he thinks every woman is on the
1: make for him. His last name is Foxley. Yeah. It's for a reason. Clearly. He's a fox among the chickens, right? Yep. At least he thinks he is. Yeah, there's a metaphor with birds in it. And his boss, George Napier, is played by Tony Haygarth, who is also in King's Crystal and Destroying Angel. Yes. This is his third and last appearance in Midsummer. They are not part of the bird-watching gang, but everybody else in town is.
0: Yes, those two are not, but everybody else is.
1: Yeah, well, Nina... Foxley and Napier are not bird watchers, but Patrick Morgan sure is. And he's a winner. He is. He's He's, got the trophy. He's won the cup for the last 10 years. So this guy leaves the big smoke... Comes to Little Midsummer, buys the Lord's Manor, the big house with his beautiful wife, and then proceeds to start winning the bird watching competition every single year. I'm surprised they didn't shun him and run him out of the village.
0: I would have thought he would have been right into a wicker man.
1: <laughs> so they have their first bird watching club meeting Well, of the episode?
0: Before that, the Barnabys go by hiking.
1: Well, yeah, well, and. and John won't look at the map, so they get lost, well, whatever. I'm I'm worried that they hiked eight miles
0: because this would have easily taken 36 days.
1: <laughs> and that that whole hike was just an opportunity for them to run into the bird watchers in the woods. Yes. That's all that was.
0: And the birders are all a twitch.
1: Are you gonna keep doing it? No. Okay. I'm stop now. Is that it? Yes. Okay.
0: Over a bird? Yes. The blue spotted hoopoe. The blue crested hoopo. Blue-crested hoopoe, yes. Because the, the crest is what's on the top of the head.
1: Right, and the tip of those feathers yeah. are blue. But And this is a bird that migrates from Africa to Europe and back again. It's a
0: pretty bird. And it
1: apparently, occasionally, loses its way and winds up on the south coast of England. Yeah. So it is possible, it's possible for it to be there. It's yes. not like a pelican showing up in midsummer. Yes. Or a penguin or something.
0: And they heard about this on the twitter which is the first mention of, of twitter.
1: twitter yeah i think so they have this whole room at the pub the feathers <laughs>
0: well there's there's a a weird subplot here that gets mentioned here and is at one other place which is the east anglian bird watchers which are town twi- towny twitchers yes who come into town Looking for the blue-crested hoopoe, Which
1: means they come from Oxford or something?
0: No, East Anglia is like, it's on the eastern side.
1: And they they come in their vehicle and plow out of it. Apparently, they must drive really fast. Townie twitchers. <laughs> towny twitchers. They have this, this first club meeting, and of course, this is where we find out that there's a controversy.
0: Controversy. Around
1: Ralph claiming to have seen... The hoopoo. You mean the o pooper e pops? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's a mega. Patrick says. Ralph has claimed to see a blue crested hoopoo, and Doctor Markham goes. Oopopper. E pops. He, he, he goes oopopper e pops, <laughs> and that's the scientific name for the bird. <laughs> But Mark didn't realize that. So we're comparing notes before we start recording and he goes, "Did you notice that the doctor said Oopapa epops? Malaka <laughs> bamboo. I was like, "What?" He said, "Upapa ibops." <laughs> like, okay, that must have been bad subtitling or something. I thought, what could he have actually said that you thought he said, ooh, papa, e And then I looked at it, and I watched that clip again, and I looked up the bird's scientific name, and its scientific name is ooh, papa, e-pops. And now every time every time I think of it, I go, ooh, papa, e-pop, ooh, papa, bow, bow. And I imagine the bird going, ooh, papa, e uh, he does, in fact, say those words. Yep. <laughs> you didn't imagine it. It's... <laughs> so there's this big fight.
0: It puts it puts him ten points ahead, which is a sparrow's fart.
1: The reason why he <laughs> says it's a mega is because there's a point system. Uh, the rarer the bird, the more points it's worth. Yep. Yeah. And the ten point bird is a mega. Yep. There's a minor, which is like. Only the first time you see it in the season is it worth anything. And there's other gradations, depending on the bird club that you are a part of. The hoopoo is called a hoopoo because the sound it makes is like hoopoo. 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 Does it go, ooh, papa, ee, mouth? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say, ooh, papa, ee, papa. It says hoopoo. And it is one of many animals whose name is... A version of the sound that it makes, much like a
0: bird I mentioned earlier to you, which is the killdeer.
1: Yeah, because people think it sounds like it goes killdeer, killdeer. It does. It does sound like the one I was familiar with was a Bob White. Bob White's also because Bob say Bob White, Bob White. Yeah,
0: both those birds I'm very familiar with, especially the killdeer was around the farm constantly.
1: Well, I looked it up to see if there were any other. Animals that were named after the sounds they make. I was specifically interested in non-birds yes. because I thought it's real easy to call a bird by the sound it makes. Well, I know one. Okay. Pikachu. <laughs> I think every Pokemon is named after the Pikachu! name. Pikachu! Because all they can say is their name. Yes. <laughs> so I looked into other animals that are named after the sound they make. Yes. Some of these birds, it's a reach. Okay. Like, there's one called the Peabody. Yeah. Also known as the white throated sparrow. And some people say, and we'll link to this, some people say its call sounds like, oh, Peabody, oh, Peabody. Okay. But other people call it the sweet Canada bird because they think it says, oh, sweet Canada, Canada. Now, <laughs> Peabody and Canada don't sound <laughs> anything alike. Is this
0: in one of these things online where you're like, you're told what it sounds like and it becomes what it sounds like?
1: I think so, but yeah. somebody started it saying, oh, it's definitely saying OP Peabody. What? No. But my favorites, two. One right. is a bird and one's not a bird. Okay. There's a bird called the gray go away bird. <laughs> go away! It says go away! <laughs> go away! <laughs> <laughs> just like that little woman who lives in the trailer in Midsummer. Go away! He tells go everybody away, to go, go away. away. <laughs> she sounds like a gray go away bird, and we'll link to it because it does say go away, go away, go away. Okay. But the other animal, who may be my new favorite animal, it may be my spirit animal, and I just didn't know about it, is the New Caledonian giant gecko. Okay. Otherwise known. As the devil in the trees, okay, it laughs like a devil.
0: Like, (laughs) yes,
1: yes, that's the sound it makes. It goes like, (laughs) oh my gosh, it sounds so evil, but it's awesome. We'll post a link to one that somebody has as a pet. And it's sitting upside down and looking at the camera going, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll send that. And it's giant. It's 14 inches long. That's. It's like the size of your arm. That's enormous.
0: <laughs> for <laughs> a Nothing gecko. Nothing like
1: that should laugh. For a gecko, yes. it's pretty big. Yeah, it is. And the fact that they usually sit high up in a tree and laugh at you.
0: <laughs> Everybody is out looking for this bird.
1: The oopapa epops? Yep. <laughs> Mau, mau. And
0: Patrick gets a text that says, my parents aren't here anymore, so come look at the bird. <laughs> at midnight.
1: At midnight. And he gets killed. He First we hear, <laughs> because whoever's throwing the net on him is spinning it around at, at subsonic speeds and then throws it on him, and but he gets all tangled up in it.
0: That's part of oboe training.
1: Oh, okay. you learn how to throw a bolo because you play the oboe Yep. Yeah,
0: yep yeah. Obo, bobo bolo <laughs> bado
1: <O-bado-bado>. bado <laughs> it's slap happy day so okay so to learn how to play the oboe you got to practice the bolo to cap the to capture the upapa epops yes okay got it i got it so he gets netted and then he gets nutted with his own cane now
0: i watched it twice and i think for sure he stands over him and does like a golf swing to hit his head.
1: Yeah, kind of. Because the, the um, staff that Patrick walks with has like a big knob on one end. Yeah. What uh, Kate calls it a a, a nettle smasher or yes. weed whicker
0: a nettle sma- or whipper or
1: something? Nettle basher. Nettle basher. But yeah, he gets his head caved in <laughs> before, before he gets his head caved in. We, we can't forget Olivia. Okay. Yes. Because Olivia is the most sour-faced woman. Yes. And she doesn't always look that way. The actress. She's the only woman in the Berta group. In the in the council. Yes. The club. This is the leadership council. This yes. is not the whole gang Yeah. No. But the the actress's name is Amanda Lawrence. Yeah. And she's been in a ton of things. She's kind of like a character actress. And yes, she is capable of that super prudish, pucker face, judgy look, but she can also look very friendly and nice, but yep. she knows how to do this judgy face. She's very good at it. And Ralph comes up to her in the bar when they're getting ready to order drinks, and she's so in love with Patrick. And Ralph says something snotty to her, and she says, buttocks to you, Ralph. Buttocks to you, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> oop boop, oop <op>, oop, oop <laughs> Oop buttocks to you who says buttocks to you ass cheeks to you (laughs) gluteus maximus ralph yeah glutes that'll get (laughs) you She rides a bike with a basket on it that has silk flowers woven in the basket and a little bird on it.
0: Yes, I do. Put a bird on it. A A little blue
1: bird on it. She likes birds, by the way. Did you know that? She likes birds. Everybody
0: does. Scene of the crime Kate is there saying you didn't drown, but it might not be an accident. Might be an accident.
1: Right, because he we could, have, it, he could have tripped on the net and fallen in the water, and he might have hit some raspberries with his stick.
0: We mostly know it, it is because...
1: We saw it happen. Uh, and the show is called Midsummer Murders. Murder, not, not Midsummer, mid-summer Accidents. accidents. <laughs> <laughs> midsummer Oops. That'd be a fun episode if a whole bunch of people died. The body count was really, really high, but it was all accident. Okay, we're going to shoot
0: this scene with Nina, and Barnaby's going to tell her about her husband being dead, and she's going to be upset. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you want to film this? Do you want to film this close so that you you know, get an emotional reaction from the audience and the actress so that you feel intimate with them while they're telling this intimate detail? No. How, how do you want to film it?
1: I want to put her mm, at the end of a really long dining table. Okay. Um, okay, and then we'll put the camera on some wheels, I think. And we'll roll it down the center of the table until it's right up in her face.
0: No, no. That's the second time. Mm. This time it's on a balcony on the second floor mm. looking
1: down at her. That's right. It's it's uh, bad news from above the first time. Then we get, to, we get to see that Ralph is a taxidermist. Hold on. We got second what?
0: appearance of the t- tea lady in the cop shop.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that it? That's all you have to say about that?
0: Well, Ralph... sent the message. So that's why they go talk to Ralph. Right. Right.
1: And he's a taxidermist.
0: Yeah. He has some weird art in his house. He's a
1: less creepy taxidermist than the first taxidermist in Midsummer, But but not by by much. only by a little bit. (laughs) Only by a little bit. He, um... So, Ralph,
0: if Ralph is single... Yes. And if he had a date with somebody... Yes. Whoever that person may be, and you went to his house, and you were dating Ralph, and you saw the medical pictures of the neck splayed open.
1: I would just hope that you met at a taxidermy conference. Maybe. So you know exactly what he's into. Because
0: he's got the butterfly art too. The butterflies mm. under glass.
1: Yes. Um, but boy, he's all about resurrecting animals. He lives in his showroom yep. of his work, which, okay. But the, the splayed neck medical diagram in the kitchen... Not dinner talk. I don't want to see that while I'm eating. Nope. It's not the weirdest thing in his house, nor are all the taxidermied things. Well,
0: the fox that has wings that we'll talk about later is very weird. But,
1: you know, that's not too weird because there's a lot of fantastical taxidermy going on right now. I mean, really, he sort of started something. He was ahead of the curve on that.
0: I'll, I'll give you that.
1: But he has a clock that is made out of a taxidermied bird. Yes. And its head moves and its jaw opens and chimes. Yes. So I wanted to know how common that was because I had never seen that before.
0: That taxidermy animals were birds? Were clocks?
1: Turning taxidermy into clocks.
0: Okay. This is one of the holes you went down.
1: Oh, yeah. Probably the least scary hole of this episode that I went down. But listener, please listen to me. Save yourself. I have done the search so you don't have to. Yep. The search term is taxidermy automaton. <laughs> this is... This is what you m- sent me. Mechanized taxidermy. Stay away from it. Sarah sent me a
0: video... Stay away. That was bizarre.
1: It was a small alligator skull with a long, curly baby doll wig... Yep. ...on a... Victorian baby doll's body, complete with long dress. Yes. That, on the top of the hour, lifts the front of its dress to reveal scary things underneath. Which we once will an hour. save
0: for you and put in the show notes.
1: Click it if you dare. If you dare. But I'm warning you, you'll never be the same. <laughs> I'm going to get a whole bunch of questions for the show notes. You are not going to be the same. Long story short, no, it's not common. Ralph does a mechanized taxidermy. Yeah. Thank God.
0: Ralph does a good job here of acting like I don't know where my phone is. I really don't. He thought he had it. He thought he did. He, he does genuinely good, thought he, he had. does a good job
1: acting there. Ralph is played by James Dreyfus, who I immediately recognize. And I'm like, where did I see him before? Where have I seen him before? Where have I seen him before? It was making me crazy. I had to stop watching and go look him up because he is in Notting Hill. Yes. With Hugh Grant and Excellent. Julia Roberts, it's a great movie. But he plays um, Hugh Grant's business partner in the bookstore, and so he's in it a lot. And he's this kind of over-the-top character. And I was so glad that I was able to find it. It was driving me crazy. I'm like, where do I know him from?
0: That's where. He is a very familiar face, too. Yeah, he does. Tim is lovely.
1: I like him. I like him a lot. His wife left him. Because of his hobbies, but he has his daughter. He goes and watches her practice her ballet. Yep. Even though she's not quite built for it, he encourages her to do it.
0: And he understands that she loves it. hmm And even though she's not built for it, he's encouraging and worries that it's that it maybe not the right thing for her, but doesn't want to challenge her. Like, he's he is concerned, but not in the way.
1: And he sees that she and Nina get along and that nina is good for her self-esteem yes and that nina is kind to her and likes being with her
0: i like him for all those things but i like him for one one thing above all
1: else you like him for his garage he has
0: an audio gizmo garage
1: he does (laughs) because he walks around not only with binoculars and a big camera he walks around with a parabolic microphone to pick up bird calls on a reel-to-reel tape recorder?
0: A Nagra 4.2. It's a half-inch mono tape machine. How much do you think these cost? Now- I'm going to say a lot. Hold hold on. Let me remind you. He has one. Oboe Man has one. And uh, somebody else has one. I forget. It's
1: probably the same one. And they're just moving it around the set. No, Ralph has one, too. Okay.
0: They all have them. Okay. 2K to start- for this recorder.
1: Some of the lenses they have on their cameras would be that much, yeah. too. Like, this is not a cheap hobby that they're in.
0: That Nagra 4.2 tape recorder is a piece, a beautiful piece of machinery. Then
1: why does he have a $25 monitor that he watches the EQ on?
0: I don't really know. <laughs> and also, there's no such thing as an ambiance whacker. Because <laughs> if there was, I'd have it.
1: I'll just whack the ambiance. Yep. And he just touches a button... In that rack, and the background noise just goes away. Yep. That's amazing. The best filters on the best digital audio equipment now don't do that.
0: Swan Lake, Swan Lake, Swan Lake, Swan Lake, Swan Lake.
1: Yes. There's we, a,
0: we get kind of hit over the head with it here.
1: There's a nice montage of Nina remembering what it was like when she met Patrick. Yeah. And she's on the stage at the Village Hall, and she's spinning. Yep. And with each spin, she is transforming into... Her in the costume for Swan Lake. It was very filmic. It's very good. It's
0: very good. Absolutely, it was. It was well done. It didn't seem over the top, and it did it like writers are always writers and directors are always trying to figure out how to do flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like the easiest way is just drop CPO over it. Yeah. It looks old-timey, but but they did a great job. I think they did a fantastic spot there.
1: And fortunately, she's a ballet dancer, so her hair is always back in a tight bun, so they didn't have to give her, like, a bad 80s wig or something. No. Which they've had to do in other episodes for flashbacks. They have,
0: (laughs) indeed, for flashbacks. You know what I want to sign up for? Hmm. The newsletter of the Midsummer in March Ornithological Society.
1: That gets hand-delivered.
0: Volume 36, number one.
1: Why don't they distribute it at the club meetings? I don't Why know. Why does Olive, uh, Olivia, have to go door-to-door delivering it?
0: Uh, they're monitoring the competition. Uh, someone saw a red-tailed hawk, which is a beautiful bird. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. And as well, there are buzzards over Trouser Hill. Maybe they should look for dead bodies over
1: there. Buzzards over Trouser Hill?
0: That's what it says.
1: Wow. Trouser Hill. Trouser okay. Hill.
0: Also, there's a River Regatta, but that was six episodes, six seasons ago. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> well, and Olivia runs into Barnaby and Jones, and she says that Patrick was the only real man. The rest of them are intumescent wimps.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I looked up intumescent and clearly got the wrong word. Yeah.
1: That's because now the term is most often associated with a kind of fire suppression system.
0: Yes, that's what I got.
1: Where a foam is deployed that swells up and crowds out the oxygen in a space to kill a fire. Yeah. But intumescent really is the swelling part. Yes. Right? So when. Like the guy
0: in Big Tubble in Little China. He becomes intumescent.
1: Yeah. When he gets outraged and he explodes because he inflates. Yeah. Yes. But it's also the term that they refer to when specifically male birds will stick out their chest and kind of like swell up to make themselves look bigger.
0: So it's another bird term. Yeah. In this episode.
1: Well, it's, it's commonly used in bird terminology, but you can say a bullfrog is intumescent yes. too when they blow up their goiter or whatever that yeah. thing is below their neck.
0: Olivia <laughs> just freaks out for the rest of the episode. She's Freaky McFreakerston until she's Gossipy McGossiperson.
1: She was extremely in love with Patrick. It was unrequited, but she doesn't care. And now she hates everybody because he's gone. Yep. And she does not see at all that he was a jerk. We then find out that Patrick had a vasectomy. Yep. And then John Barnaby says the weirdest thing he says in this episode.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And Sarah falls down another hole. Yep. Because they're talking about how much Nina wanted a baby. Yep. And since Patrick would had a vasectomy, that was never going to happen. Yes. And he says the term fetal attraction.
0: Which is a pun on fatal attraction mm-hmm. about an obsessive
1: woman who goes after a married man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sarah Googled fetal attraction. Oh baby. Shouldn't have done so that. So you don't have to listener. You shouldn't have done that. Here's a sample of the things that are associated with that term from best to worst or least bad to most bad. Are you ready? Yep. There's an episode of Farscape. Called Fetal Attraction. Okay. There's also an episode of Picket Fences. Remember that show? Yep. Called Fetal Attraction. Um, there's a very unfortunate m- book about everything a parent needs to know about pregnancy and childbirth called Fetal Attraction, oh. which is just wrong. Some publishers should have had a word. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal called Fetal Attraction, Why Embryos Are Cooler Than Kids. Okay. And last but not least, Uh-oh. in the scholarly publishing realm- Yep. There is fetal attraction, a descriptive study of patterns in fetal abductions. I will read two sentences.
0: Oh, I don't know if I can handle two sentences from this.
1: And it's interesting because there was just a case like this in Indiana. Yes. Fetal abduction is a crime in which a perpetrator forcibly takes an unborn baby from the womb of another woman. That you probably understand, right? You probably could have guessed. The next line is the ringer. The act is always done without the permission of the pregnant woman. (laughs) They already said forcibly takes. <laughs> if it's forcibly, it's not with permission.
0: That's an example
1: of academia over defining terms. Over explaining something. Yeah. I did not need that sentence. No. Everything else in my search results is beyond mentioning. And I should have had my safe search on.
0: Yes, you should have.
1: I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: Barnaby goes to talk to Dr. Markham, and he has a lot of letters after his name mm-hmm. on the sign. It's a metal sign. I don't know how they got that sign.
1: Just for the scoreboard, though, we've already gotten through me looking up taxidermy automatons, intumescent body parts, and fetal attraction, and those aren't the worst. Okay? Okay. 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 Yeah, let's talk about the doctor. Can we talk about the doctor, please? Yes. He's an ornithologist. He's not a bird watcher. He's serious.
0: Before we even get there, the sign, G-P-F-R-C-O-G. He's a fricog. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is fellow of the Royal College of Obstetricians and
1: Gynecologists. I'm only a mama fud. Yeah. M-A-M-A-P-H-D. I'm just a
0: mama mama. (laughs) (laughs) I just got two, two master's degrees. I just collect them now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's quick to say he's not a bird watcher. He's an ornithologist.
0: I'll tell you what he is. He's serious. He doesn't care about the help because he goes outside to have this incredibly confidential discussion with Barnaby. And there's a guy cleaning the yard.
1: Because he's getting away from Olivia, who is gossip central. Yes.
0: And he <laughs> says all these incredibly personal things about Nina. Like he was treating her for depression. That is a personal thing. Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, it's confidential.
1: Because in midsummer, doctors and lawyers and ministers and priests fall back on confidentiality when it is convenient. Yes. Okay. Before that, he says, if she has told you she is pregnant, I'm happy to confirm that. If she's already told you that, fine, I'll confirm it. Yeah. I as soon as I heard Dr. Markham talking beyond the point where he where he said the um papa mau mau thing. Yes. I was like, where do I know his voice from? Well, at
0: first I was like, has he been in the rest of the episode?
1: Yeah, he's new.
0: <laughs> but no, he was in um, papa me Mau. Yeah, mau. he was there.
1: <laughs> but I just recently listened to a book that he narrated. Okay. And that's why I knew his voice. Like where do I know his voice from? I've heard that voice. I had to look him up. He's he's actually um, been the narrator on like 40 audiobooks. Oh. A bunch of books. It's a good gig, man. He has a, great, he has a nice voice. Yeah, it's a good he gig. He has the, the perceived English accent, too. Yes, he very does. Oxfordian accent.
0: Yes. But Jones isn't with him here. Jones is at the bookstore.
1: Oh, the bookstore. <laughs> and he's kind of
0: lost in the bookstore. Because that's what a good bookstore is like. Uh I would love this bookstore. I would love this bookstore in our
1: town. This is Michael Hipsman, Hipsman's bookstore. He
0: is the killer, the oboe player, as mentioned earlier. Played
1: by Alan Cordner. He actually is a jazz pianist. He is. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I don't know if he plays oboe, but he and the guy who played Doctor Markham were both in Topsy Turvy. With
0: the that's mo- the
1: Gilbert and Sullivan movie. Yeah, the with Gil- George <laughs> Broadbent. Yeah, I think Hipsman Alan Cordner plays Sullivan. In the movie. Oh, cool. I recognized him, like, where have I seen him before? No, not another minute. I wouldn't be
0: surprised if he played Dickens too.
1: <laughs> he's he's a good actor. Yep. He this is. bookstore is amazing. It is. And I just kept pausing it. I was doing a total mark on the bookstore. So what did you find in the bookstore? I was specifically interested in the signs okay. in the bookstore. Like the the, um, the sections that, that were marked out. And most of them are kind of obvious, like cookbooks this way or whatever. But, True crime. He mentions that one. No, it's crime fiction. Crime fiction. Um, but there were two signs that I was totally stumped by. Okay. One said Shire Albums. Shire Albums. And the other one said, discovering, in quotes, books from Shire. Okay. And I did not know what those were. What are they? You don't either? No. Okay, so Shire is a publishing company. Okay. I think they're defunct now. I think they've been absorbed into a larger publishing company. Okay. Okay. What they did was they published guides on things like collectibles. Oh, okay. And uh, like travel books, kind okay. of. So they had two kind of big series. One was called The Albums, and one is called Discovering. Okay. So The Albums are books that provide information. They This is how they describe them. On architectural, collecting, domestic, industrial, rural, and social themes illustrated with photographs, engravings and drawings. Okay. So, you want to get into collecting something? You get the Shire album of typewriters. Typewriters. Yeah. And you're going to learn everything you need to know about collectible typewriters. Okay. But there are hundreds of them. They started publishing them in this in the early 70s. Okay. Here is but a few. Okay. of the more interesting topics and an illustration of the variedness of these topics.
0: Do we have okay. to warn the weir- reader that this is one of the bad searches, or is this no?
1: This was an okay, okay. search. This, this was an okay. This was kind of a breath of fresh air. Okay. When I was doing research for this episode, "In Signs." Okay. There's the Shire album of "In Signs." Okay. Um, written by written by a guy whose name has got to be made up. Cadbury Lamb. Come yeah. on, whose name is Cadbury Lamb? Let's
0: name him Cadbury.
1: Haunted Houses, Old Horseshoes, Curious England, Occupational Costume, Dairying Bygones. Okay. Smocks. Smocks. Just smocks. Any old smock. Village and Town Bands. <laughs> old Lawnmowers, Thimbles, Laundry Bygones, and East Anglian Village and Town Signs. Wow. Yeah, the old Lawnmower Shire album was reprinted just in 2008. Oh, okay. Big demand. Big demand. Now, the discovering books are all discovering blank.
0: Like places, like discovering Midsummer.
1: Yes, Yes. and there are a lot of them that are like that, like discovering Oxford, discovering, you know, uh, canals, whatever. So, it's like a book you would want to read before you went somewhere, or... Instead of going somewhere, you again, there are hundreds of them. Yep. And they range while range. I don't even know how they decide what qualifies and what doesn't anymore okay. for one of these books. There's one called Discovering Comics. Oh, okay. Discovering Space. Okay. Ghosts. Okay. Mottos, slogans, and war cries. <laughs> Strangely specific, don't you yes. think? Yeah. Old Buttons railwayana That's uh, like paraphernalia yeah, or but, whatever but, but for but railways? railways railwayana
0: i guess words words <laughs> discovering words
1: followed up by the ever popular discovering words in the kitchen <laughs> just in the kitchen just
0: kitchen words
1: yeah how do you write a whole book about words you can find in the kitchen i don't know i
0: wonder if it's on amazon cuz i'd order it
1: Yeah, I know you would. (laughs) I really thought about buying you Discovering Comics. (laughs) It's an early one, too. And, and of course, there's Shire albums on every common collectible you can think of. You know, anything that people collect, there's a Shire album about it. But other places in the bookstore, I saw this picture. I thought it was like a big, like a magazine-sized book. It's standing up, and it's got a big illustration on it. It's like line art illustration. And it said, The Hickory House. Yes. And I thought, was it is like a kid's book called The Hickory House? Because it's standing up like it's special. Yes. But do you know what it is? No, I made a note to look it up, but I forgot. It's a vintage menu from a New York restaurant in the 30s. Called The Hickory House? Uh-huh. Oh. Why does he have that? I don't.
0: What he should have is a bunch of pictures of his former occupation that can wring his head like a hi- halo.
1: He keeps those next to the register in the basement.
0: Yeah, why is the register in the basement... With his computer.
1: I don't know.
0: Now, I do. I do. So he has his computer and he's taking pictures off his camera mm-hmm. on his computer. And I did look especially because he is the person taking pictures of Nina. Yes. And I I tried to see if there were pictures of Nina in that set. And there were. In
1: Amongst the Birds? Yeah. <laughs> no, he keeps separate memory cards for Nina pictures versus bird pictures.
0: Okay. People I'm about to kill pictures.
1: There's also a fun book on a shelf right next. So Jones kind of pauses a couple of times, but one time he pauses for quite a bit of time because he's listening because he can hear the printer whirring, but he can't find it. So he can't find Hipsman. And right next to his head on the shelf is a book called The Book of Jones. I didn't notice that, but that's fantastic. It's a book of illustrations of Hunter S. Thompson's cat, who was called Jones. Excellent. But it's right next to his head. Oh, that's fantastic. And I thought that was fun. I think
0: that's probably a, an Easter egg that somebody put in.
1: Yeah. And I'd never heard of that book. It's, it's, but it, it was written and illustrated by the guy who did all the illustrations for Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas.
0: Oh, so they're not chaotic or strange. They are. Yes.
1: But they're of a kitty cat <laughs> named Jones. Named Jones. There you go.
0: Let's move on to a darker topic. G and T sexy time.
1: <laughs> it's the Barnabys relaxing before they have a child.
0: Mrs. Barnaby is making some G and T's.
1: That's nice.
0: Yep. I thought it was weird that Barnaby said her her ass was like an apple.
1: She has a bottom like an apple and a dancer's legs. I felt I've never good. heard of a woman's bottom being compared to an apple.
0: Well, Barnaby's reading Finding Birds Around the World which is by Peter Alden and John Gooders. It's like a definitive bird guide. On the cover, it says 111 of the world's best accessible places for bird observation.
1: That's a way of not falling into the bird watching, birding, or twitcher trap. Yes. By saying bird observation, you get all those people without insulting any of them. Yes. But then he describes the mating ritual of some bird, Yes. Where after mating, the female attacks the nether regions of the male. Yes.
0: Making Sykes upset.
1: And they turn that into sexy talk? It doesn't pass
0: for sexy talk in every house, but apparently it passes for sexy talk in their house.
1: He says, are you going to attack my nether regions aggressively? And she says, I might. And he says, okay,
0: you're on. says... I don't like sex.
1: Yuck. Parents are talking about sex. I'm out of here. Yes. That's what he says. So, of course, <laughs> because I like to punish myself, apparently, I wondered, I I wonder if that really happens. I, like, I know that there are insects that after mating, the male gets killed, like... Praying mantises do it, and some spiders do it, and yep. I don't want to know anything more about those. Yeah, but I thought never heard of a bird doing that. Yes, so I looked it up. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you about any specific birds, I'm just going to tell you two terms I learned today <laughs> that I wish I never <laughs> learned. The first one. Is sexual cannibalism? Oh! <laughs> now these just apply to animals. This is just birds. Okay. If I make that the
0: title of the episode, we're going to get banned.
1: I think so. Yep. The second one's worse. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, are you ready? Yep. <laughs> Gotta take a deep breath because it's worse than sexual cannibalism. Oh, my god. Post. Coital competitive mutilation. Oh! <laughs> Do you get a gold medal? That's an ornithology term. Scientists say that oh. this species of bird practices post-coital competitive mutilation (PCCM). Let's just call it that. Maybe we'll put those initials after the doctor name too. The competitive part of it is referring to genetic competition, yes. right? Yes. So two birds have mated, they he doesn't want her to mate with anybody else or she doesn't want him to mate with anybody else and so they injure one another to prevent that Ugh. from happening. But it sounds like they're like, "Oh, you think that's mutilated? Watch this. <laughs> Look at
0: what I can do."
1: I win. I mutilated somebody more than you did. Gold medal. <laughs> Post-coital competitive mutilation. There you go. Oh. I do it so you don't have to. You are welcome. There's more clandestine recording and pictures. Nina crying in Markham's arms. With
0: the Naga, NAGRA 4.2. And I'm like, that machine should not be outside.
1: <laughs> now that you know it's how expensive it is. a valuable
0: machine that should be kept in top condition. It has a cover. Yeah. I'll give you that.
1: As like a case. Yeah. And then somebody sends Barnaby a CD of photos of Nina and Dr. Markham cuddling.
0: It's in a directory called Downloaded from the CD.
1: (laughs) Which it would be.
0: (laughs) Did you notice Jones acting funny in this part of the episode? So he comes in the front door and the dog starts. Oh,
1: Sykes likes attacks him. Yeah. Or he thinks he's going to attack him.
0: Yeah, but you know why he does? Because he clearly has treats in his hand. He walks funny. He hides one hand. The dog is going for that hand.
1: So the producers have given him treats to encourage yeah. Sykes to act that way with him. Yeah. But why did they write it that way? I why did they write it that Jones would be kind of scared of Sykes?
0: I don't know. Because I think of,
1: it's just to say, it. this is still new.
0: Yeah, I think so. He doesn't just
1: hang out at Barnaby's house. I guess not, but if you watch it again, looking yeah, at his hands... he's got his hand kind of...
0: clearly has treats in his hand. There is an unsung hero of this episode.
1: Mom, mom, I got a part.
0: Yep. The mom, mom, I got a part, I want a contest person. There is a shot of a woman on a horse who has a dog, and she lets the dog down. She Why? Doesn't, she does not appear in the background of that scene. She does not appear ever again. Nope. It is a single scene with no dialogue. So yep. she didn't get paid full rate. Mom, mama got a part.
1: Why is she there? No idea. Nobody, know. Because she won a contest to be in the Midsummer or something. Olivia's freaking out again. The hussy. <laughs> She's so mad about everything. I love
0: the little birder hutch they have where everybody's yelling at each other. Yeah. And all it is is bird noises, and the bird's being startled.
1: It's kind of slapsticky. Ralph, yeah. don't slam the door. Slam <laughs> Like, well, you already yelled at him. Yeah. So him slamming it, isn't that much worse?
0: Yeah. They go to find the doctor and they can't find the doctor. Oh, wait a minute. We didn't know that. They just show up at somebody's house and the doctor's there. Mm-hmm. They explain later on. Did you watch them putting the guy in the ambulance?
1: Yes. They roughhoused that dude into the it's ambulance. It's not a pleasant trip he's taken. <laughs> no. I don't, Get in the ambulance, you old man. I don't know what he's done wrong, but he's going in that ambulance. Well,
0: and he goes in the ambulance, and then they have a 45-minute discussion, and the ambulance doesn't go anywhere.
1: It's clearly not an emergency. Let's just sit here in this ambulance. till the doctor gets out of the way and those cops start stop blocking our road. Well, at least they're safe in the ambulance from Dave and
0: his gun, who's just wandering around the bush shooting at things.
1: Supposedly, he's shooting rooks that attack Napier's crops.
0: Now, so here we hear the truth about Ralph. Now, the truth about Ralph isn't horrible. Mm -mm. He did see that bird. It was after it was shot, but that bird was there.
1: Yes. He has
0: the bird.
1: Yes, but it doesn't count because it was dead. But they don't even believe that the bird existed. And he can't exactly whip out the dead bird and go, see? No. So Foxley gets to blackmail him for 50 pounds. 50 (gasps) pounds? Oh my gosh. He'll have to take out his wallet?
0: He's not a very good taxidermist.
1: I'm just glad that Foxley sets his rifle down before he climbs over the log and scares the crap out of Ralph.
0: (laughs) Why is he jumping? That's in my notes.
1: Why does Barnaby pick it up and just randomly shoot it off? Just. Bang, bang!
0: Because <laughs> he's going to get the right the thing, but... He could have just... that. Those pellets taken, have to go somewhere. He could have
1: just taken the gun. Yeah. He could have cracked it so that it couldn't fire and taken the gun. Yeah. And then the firearms experts could have fired it to see what the pin marks look like on the shells. And it wouldn't have been dangerous! You know, I didn't know that Russians
0: were into something. I learned it from a local gossip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Olivia and her pharmaceutical delivery bike? Yes.
0: And her gaggle of women.
1: Well, she hangs outside the village hall uh, during ballet practice so she can gaggle with all the other ladies. To give out
0: their prescriptions.
1: Here's some meds for you. Here's some meds for you.
0: Russians and their free love. That sentence has never been stated in the entirety of ever.
1: Ever. Olivia does not know history. I've been to Russia there was no free love. Not for you. Nope. But Nina does kiss people on the cheek. She does. And they're like, oh, who is it? Uh, it's Tim. And who's the other person whose cheeks she kisses? The oboe player. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, we got a kiss from Nina. Which made me wonder <laughs> do Russians actually do that? Because she kisses them three times. Yes. One, two, three, alternating yeah. cheeks. Yeah. I'll just say for the record, Americans don't do that. No. Okay. We're... Canadians um, don't do it. No. And so Brits don't do it. No. We're,
0: we, we, the, the three puritanically red nations don't do that. The
1: places where we demand all kinds of personal space. Yes. We don't do that. Now, nope. there are exceptions. There are people who do amongst, people... Uh, among their family. But in general, you need not worry when you meet somebody new in America that they may spontaneously try to kiss you on your cheeks. Yeah. You don't got to worry about it. There's a code.
0: Oh, there's a code?
1: And it varies from country to country. Okay. And I now know where you can expect to be kissed and how many times.
0: Okay, lay it on me.
1: Since you've already mentioned Canada, Quebec specifically. Yeah. They do the cheek kissing. They refer to it as an unbec. Yeah. What does that mean? Just like uh, on cheek. On cheek? Yeah. Opposite sex... You often kiss each other once on each cheek. And it's really not a kiss. It's more like pressing your cheeks together and maybe yes. making a... Bleh, bleh yeah, sandwich, Right?
0: absolutely observe that.
1: Um, cheek kissing between women is very common in Quebec, yeah. but not as common among men. No,
0: but I've seen it done with men.
1: Mm-hmm. Most often in mixed company, men will reciprocate. But if it's only men, no, they usually don't do it.
0: Uh, yeah, in Canada. the The least prudish of the... United States, Canada, British.
1: If you are in Colombia, Argentina, Chile, Peru, or the Philippines, you may expect one kiss. Okay. But whether the first one is to the right or to the left is anybody's guess. Anybody's guess. So the chances of going the wrong direction and kissing a stranger on the lips are high. Okay. <laughs> Two kisses Spain, Italy, Greece, Germany, Hungary, Romania, Croatia, Bosnia, Brazil, and some Middle Eastern com- uh, countries, though, not between opposite sexes. So this is the da-da kiss. Yes. And typically, you go to the right first. Okay. Apparently, the Middle Eastern countries may be the exception to that, where left is the default starting position. Okay. You go left and right, rather than right and left. You did a
0: lot of research into this.
1: It. It terrified me that I might at some point encounter somebody who does this and not know which direction to go. Because if you go the wrong direction, you end up kissing each other on the mouth. Okay. Which is really embarrassing. It's if happening. it's somebody you just met. Yes. If you want three kisses, yeah. you need to go to Belgium, Slovenia, Macedonia, Montenegro, Serbia, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Egypt, and Russia, where it's often accompanied by a bear hug afterwards. Okay. So, so she, she doesn't do the hug, but the three kisses... Is the right thing to do. ...is authentically Russian. Okay. So they researched that. I Russian, I kiss three times. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I have car. I drive car. <laughs> the doctor
0: goes to the bush at night and gets murdered.
1: Surprise. Who called him and said, Oh, doctor, I need a house call. I mean, Woods call.
0: Hitman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like... Where, where, Who does he think he's going to help? Who lives on a trail? Yeah. He's dumb. Yeah. Like, doctor, I've fallen on the trail and I can't get up. Okay, call 999. Don't call your family GP and say, come get me. What's he doing?
0: So Barnaby and Jones go to talk to Nina, and she becomes the Russian princess. Mm-hmm. Because she says, vasectomy. <laughs>
1: My note just says, Nina says, Doc was baby daddy. <laughs> this is where we get the weird shot down the dining room table. Yes.
0: Vasectomy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they have another meeting of the bird club where there are two conspicuously empty chairs. Well,
0: and there's the mention
1: of Lord Midsummer. Okay, I have a challenge
0: for our readers. Who should be playing Lord Midsummer? I say we're missing an episode. Lord Midsummer should be played by Christopher Lee.
1: It would have to be a flashback. Yeah. So I think it would be better if it was somebody like Bill Bailey.
0: <laughs> Bill Oy. Bailey, who we'll see in a few episodes. Boy,
1: I'm Lord Midsummer. <laughs> I think Stephen
0: Cry could be a good Lord Midsummer. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan could be So send us your your Lord Midsommar's suggestion.
1: Yeah. Who, who would have played him and what would he be like? Because he was clearly a reputable fancy guy. They, they confront Foxley and Barnaby says the second weirdest thing. Okay. You, fetal attraction is the first weirdest thing. The second weirdest thing he says, and they must have laughed their asses off on set. Yep. Is perhaps you'd like to spend some time pleasuring her majesty.
0: <laughs> I have that note. <laughs>
1: And the camera pans to Jones, who is doing everything he can not to laugh.
0: I had to stop it because I was in the middle of typing, why does he have a surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, pleasuring her majesty. And I was like,
1: what? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, accuse, they accuse him of like pleasuring Nina, I guess. Yes. How about pleasuring Her Majesty
0: at the nick. I don't think Elizabeth's going to be into that. No. Especially I, with his shiny
1: weights outside. It's funny because I immediately, I didn't even think of Elizabeth. I immediately thought of Victoria.
0: Oh, those weights are going to get rusty out there. We
1: are not amused or pleased. Maybe he puts the surfboard over those. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
0: And then we get the weird fox bird hybrid. hmm Shot. Mm -hmm. because they just walk into ralph's place
1: and start knocking down doors like they're just poking around his house they can't do that they don't have a search warrant that we know of but you know he's a vegetarian so he wouldn't kill anybody well before that he he says the name of the episode he wouldn't eat anybody a rare bird Mm -hmm. and that's when we get to see the taxidermy bird clock
0: the juices of his death wounds
1: Ew, yuck, yuck, yuck I was
0: a vegetarian for 11 years And not once did I utter the word Juices of his death wounds
1: No, it's so Then we get to see the dance recital Yes And those little girls are so good They are
0: Why does the (laughs) cop shop have trophies in it? Because they win stuff, I don't know What prizes does the Midsummer Constabulary win?
1: Best whiteboard Most dead bodies found Yes (laughs) Best busy work in the background. Nina's car gets broken, and they know that Hipsman is is the bad guy.
0: Well, well first, Barnaby calls Jones.
1: Where are you? In bed. But it's only... Oh, you're not alone. Make your excuses. <laughs> Who's with
0: Jones? I don't know, but Jones's girlfriend uh, just got a rude introduction to Barnaby.
1: We're never going to know. Nope. And Jones isn't telling? Nope. There's no other reference to it? Like it nope. never happened. No. So, there's a weird sexy undertone to this episode that i'm not comfortable with they go out,
0: they go outside and they find the card that has been broken into and hipman has taken her mm-hmm. and all of these shots this to the end of the episode is day for night yeah they're all shot in the daytime And toned down to look like night. Right. But it is not night. Now I understand
1: why they do that. I have
0: filmed at night, and it is really hard to film at night.
1: Yeah. At night. It's much easier to film at dusk and and darken it. Yeah. But you know where it's not bright? Where? In the stalker barn. So Hipsman's Stalker Barn. Hipsman's Stalker Barn. Come on down to Hipsman's Stalker Barn. We've got life size cutouts. (laughs) No, he had to have made them. How did he not, like, he must have ordered it. Unless unless they were in the lobby at the theater when she Maybe. was. Maybe. When, yeah, when she was performing yeah. and he stole them. Well, when Barnaby watches
0: him on the worst YouTube video of all time. <laughs> the oboist caught the circlet. And he kisses it. And the woman beside him looks at him like.
1: You're weird. You're weird. (laughs) Like, she's going to need that back for next show, you know? Yep. This is absolutely a stalker barn.
0: Yes. Pictures
1: everywhere.
0: Again, this is the toxic masculinity. He kills the other two men because he wants to have her.
1: Yes. So that he can kill her too. Yeah. And himself. And I know we don't see him
0: incapacitating her, but she has easily a foot and a half on him. Mm -hmm. And...
1: And she's strong. She's
0: got dancer's legs and the apple bum. She could she kick could him. kick his
1: ass. Like an ostrich. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, we don't see him incapacitate her. He clearly has thrown her in the net. Yeah. And done something to knock her out, like hit her on the head. Something. He's assaulted her in some way. Never mind that she's pregnant. Yeah. And that's what sets him off. That's yeah. what sets the whole thing off, right? Yeah. Because now... Not only are these other men competing with him, but she's going to have a child and he's not going to have that. Would that she messes have not up known
0: the story. him in the orchestra.
1: I don't know. I don't know how much dancers and orchestra mix.
0: I know, but They
1: rehearse in separate places and I don't know. And he may have been in a touring orchestra that was just playing for Maybe. Cuz we don't know where Patrick and Nina met. We don't know if they met in Russia. Or no. if they met in England when she no. came to England.
0: Jones saves the day, and he puts his feet up at the cop shop. hmm And then they spend five minutes saying the name of the episode over
1: and over again. That's a rare bird. Sure is a rare bird. It's a rare bird. That's a rare bird. And that is a rare bird. <laughs> Otherwise known as Oopapa E-Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Meow, Oopapa e Best corpse? <laughs> oh! Nice corpse.
0: You know, I'm gonna have to say Patrick in the uh, in the In the morgue? In the morgue. He does good there.
1: Yeah, I think so too. We just don't see much of Markham. No. We know he's dead, but it's not, not a lot of screen time. And mom mom, I got a part. Mom! Mom!
0: I got a part on Midsummer Murders. That's nice, dear. Is obviously the woman on the horse? Yes. After the credits. Who's going to take over the bookshop? I don't know. Maybe Tim, because he can't be making much money doing AV work in (laughs) midsummer in the mud.
1: Poor Nina. Now She's still going to have a baby, but she's in that big house all by herself.
0: Well, Dave will take care of her.
1: Dave needs to stay away. Yes,
0: he does.
1: Olivia goes on to be more pucker-faced.
0: And George Napier is like, maybe I'll go over there. What?! Nina's going to be like, uh, no. No, you can mow the grass if you want to. I have a question. George Napier is shooting skeet. Who is firing the skeet?
1: A person whose face you do not see. Okay. Another farmhand. Okay. He's got lots of farmhands. Wait a minute. Maybe Ralph will take over the bookstore since he played the bookshop owner in Notting Hill.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's how he gets it. He's got skills. He does. He's run a
1: bookshop before. He does.
0: (laughs) Amy grows up and dances when she's happy.
1: Amy, played by Ella Al-Khalil Coyle, okay. does not do any more acting after this. Oh, she does a really good job here, She's I cute. She's I super she cute. Did, I
0: thought she did a
1: good job. I have one very horrible movie for okay. you. Okay, horrible movies. Oh, boy, you're not ready for this. Okay. This movie is terrible. Ha, I bet Mark's seen it. And this is also the last of, wow, Sarah had to Google that for this episode. Okay. It is a 2010 movie. Ooh. And Amanda Lawrence, who plays Olivia, from this episode, is in it. Okay. The tagline of this movie, what are the consequences of giving birth to your dead boyfriend? What? (laughs) What? You heard me. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Here's the description. A woman's consuming love forces her to bear the clone of her dead beloved. Oh, wait, wait, okay. From his yes, infancy yes, to manhood, yes. she faces the unavoidable complexities of her controversial decision. Yes,
0: this is... Um, it's American woman is the lead, right? Like Jodie Foster or somebody no, like that. No,
1: it's a woman who is in the... Um, Mrs. Whatever's Home for Extraordinary Children. Uh, she was in uh, the TV show... Eva Green. Yes. Yes, yes. it's yes, Eva, Eva Green. Green.
0: Yes, I know this movie. It's Is it a one-word title? hmm Okay.
1: <laughs> You're really reaching... Oh. You've seen it?
0: No, I haven't seen it. I read the Wikipedia article because I thought, that's a strange movie. I wonder if he actually is her boyfriend. And it turns out that she at least thinks he is at the end of the movie. It's a
1: clone of her dead boyfriend yeah. that she gives birth to and raises. Yeah. Ah!
0: What, what is it called? Womb. W- oh, That's right.
1: It's called post, post-coital competitive mutilation womb. oom <laughs> <laughs> um, papa mow <mau>, <laughs> Sexual cannibalism womb. <laughs> just called womb. Yep. Wow. It has like uh, four stars on IMDb. Just the premise alone Why would you do that? That is not a good idea. I
0: know I looked up all the Eva Green movies.
1: And here, Amanda Lawrence, who plays Olivia, is in it. And all I can imagine is her in the background of every scene, making that puckery judge face, shaking her head back and forth, going, hussy, hussy, hussy. Russian
0: free love.
1: (laughs) That's a bad idea. Eva
0: Green's played Russians. too Boom. (laughs) Boom. You could find the Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email at MidsummerManiacs.com. We also post on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit for Midsummer and anywhere else we can find Maniacs. Please go to YouTube, like and subscribe the videos and hit the bell to subscribe and get notifications because we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers so that we could get a community page.
1: And that would be awesome. What's our next episode? Season 15, episode one. The Dark Rider. Headless <laughs> Horseman. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I like that one so much. Season
0: 15 is back to craziness. You get the Dark Rider. You get the Astronomy one. You get the Killer Cheese one. All that good stuff is all All kinds
1: there. of fun coming up Yep, for the summer. Oh, you
0: get the chess one with the guy with the chess piece on his head. Yes.
1: <laughs> crazy <laughs> town all kinds of fun coming up yep. uh, to get you through the summer and um, wow I think I'm going to go uh, bleach my brain now and my browser history bye maniacs bye maniacs
0: Did you look up that actress? Mm -hmm. Is she actually Russian? No, she's Irish. Okay. Well, of course.
1: Her name is Genevieve (laughs) O'Reilly. Skin. (laughs) Ski. (laughs) O'Reilly. Skin ski. Um, Yeah, she is not Russian. No. She's very Irish. Uh, I think she actually may have red hair.